Love Talk Radio. Another week has surpassed us. How are you this morning? I would just like to say that uh, it's good to be here uh, today. Um, I'd just like to say that uh, a guest that was supposed to come on from Wisconsin, Brother Khalif, uh, uh, Brother Minister Khalif, and um, his grandfather passed away. I want to give condolences out to him. And uh, he's rescheduled to come back in March. I wish I could bring him back next month, but my calendar is full. So um, I'm just going to continue my uh, lecture series series from last week on two Americas, the difference for two Americas. I uh, ended last week's show about with a caller, and he stated that. Uh, we were talking about uh, education and economic justice, and um, he was saying that this particular caller was saying that uh, uh, black folks would never, ever gather economically and socially. And in fact, he blamed black folks for the educational system. And, uh, and he has a point, because now as far as the educational system is concerned. And I talk about the economic justice part, because I believe that we could come together economically as uh, far as on the community level. I think the 1% black folks that we have that are billionaires and millionaires, I don't think that they will join us because they had too much to lose uh, materialistically, reputa- uh, reputation, uh, 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 other reasons. Well, we talk about a community level. We talk about economic justice. But getting back to the gentleman that called last week, he said that uh, it's out for for the way the edu- educational system is today. Uh, he said that we have many black principals. Many black teachers, well, I should say Africa, many African American principals, African American uh, superintendents, uh, uh, many uh, African American uh, commissioners, as well as teachers and principals and guidance counselors. And he feels that the educational system has not changed. Matter of fact, it had gotten worse. So uh, I think you have a point there, and I just want to expand on that. How can you run system that's predominantly have black children 
and do not try to change the curriculum or make the uh, curriculum more competitive for the students. And when they graduate, they could be more uh, competitive in this uh, American society. Uh, uh, 50 years ago, 60 years ago, we could easily said that, oh, the teachers don't care because they're white. What can we say now? In predominantly black school, half the teachers are African American. It looked the same as the children. What can we say to that? Well, Carl G. Wilson said that uh, when you go to predominantly white colleges or Western colleges, uh, uh, um, you tend not to only learn their um, their methods and their style and their approaches. You adopt their attitudes and behavior, and most of the attitudes and behavior towards African American children are somewhat uh, uh, ineffective. Uh, don't have any expect high expectation for the children to learn, and also uh, like uh, uh, Ms. Uh, Bayad Muhammad from Brooklyn, an early learning center, said that they are. T- they they utilize it the wrong style to teach our children. So we cannot. And also, as in other school system with other culture, they the parents are included in the whole educational process. They try to include our parents, but if we go on the average in the in the urban areas. Uh, on teaching conference night, not a whole lot of parents, uh, teaching parent conference night, not a whole lot of parents show up. Uh, of course, there many ways working. You can't find a babysitter for the other children. So they have to find other methods to become more, uh, uh, I'll talk about the educational system, find other methods in teaching our children. So that's my response to him. I didn't have a chance to respond to him last week because time had ran out. Um, just like to thank Queen Mother for Real Media for sponsoring uh, um, Black Urban America and giving us the opportunity to discuss this issue and what have you. So um, let's get into it. Uh, 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 like I said, I ended off last week by discussing uh, um, economic justice and struggle for equality and um, better neighborhoods. Uh, Dr. King talked about how he fought the, uh, uh, for democracy. He talked about a time when we have almost complete democracy, which was around 1965 and 1969. And if you look at the climate around predominantly black neighborhoods. It was a war zone. How come America only responds to violence? When we was marching and kumbaya and we shall overcome nonviolent strategy, um, they really didn't take us. Uh, all we got was a voting rights bill and a civil rights bill, and, and we have not benefited from the civil rights bill. 
other cultures have benefited more from the civil rights bill than black folks historically. And um, also, if you look at the voters' right bill, um, well, they've been trying to get rid of that bill or working uh, or using the law to get around uh, that bill so it would still be difficult for black folks to vote. Something has not never changed from yesterday to today. And then when, when, when black folks took to the street, well, I should say young black folks took to the streets and what have you to demonstrate uh, in another method, guess what? America responded. You had programs like sending uh, young blacks to, to, to college for free. You have breakfast programs. You had all type of programs. And um, America responded. And I just want to know how could America respond to our violent outbreak but when we would demonstrate peacefully, they didn't pay us any mind because Dr. King, well, you know, in his later days, will fight for economic justice, uh, 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 fighting for uh, poverty, as well as education. As also, he was fighting against the Vietnam War. And I think uh, speaking now on the Vietnam War is the thing that got him assassinated. But let me get back to democracy. Do America really have democracy? Is democracy for every human being in this country? Do we experience democracy? Well, first, in order to respond to that question, you have to know what is democracy? Well, democracy has three or four different uh, definitions on uh, of, uh, of democracy. The first part of the definition is choosing and replacing the government through free and fair elections. Well, we all know, do we really? Well, we'll get into that later. The act of participation as citizens in politics and civil life. Protection of human rights of all citizens. A rule of law in which the laws and procedures apply equally to all citizens. Well, let's look at the first part, choosing and replacing the government through free and fair elections. Well, I'm going to say, since the late 60s, early 70s, there has been an increase in the participation of African Americans in the political structure in this country. We have black mayors. I don't know if we have black governors. Well, we used to have some black governors. Uh, um, we have black congressmen, black senators. Oh, I forgot. We have a black president. So let's look at it since these guys, these men and women, and I'm going to piggyback on one of my guests that said, uh, 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 Mr. Newton from Chicago, who's gone for his law degree. He feels that 
in the beginning of a political career, they have the right intentions. But once they get in, and once they experience the barriers, the lack of opportunities, they just go with the flow. And they start thinking about self and his constituents that got him elected into office. And I'm talking about the local and the state and the federal level of elections. And I've seen it firsthand. You'd be surprised. These local politicians, well, I shouldn't say local. I say the politicians. Once they get voted in, And the question is to you, and you could probably disagree with me if you want. Do they really have our affairs at hand? Do they have our agenda at hand? Do Bernie Sanders have the black man agenda at hand? Do Hillary Clinton has the black man at hand? Well, I'm going to say about her husband. I'm going to say something about her husband. Her husband was president of the United States. My family did very well under his administration. Uh, we really did. I don't know if Hillary is the same as her husband. I think Hillary is more middle to the right than middle to the left. So what type of individual do we send to, uh, to, to, elect, uh, to elect the office? Do they really have to come after our vote? And let's look at the Democratic Party. Do you think the Democratic Party takes the African-American vote for granted? They are not to because there are a lot of brothers and sisters that are Republicans, and they are tired of how the Democrats make promises and promises every four years, every six years. Promises, promises, promises. And they do not deliver. And they have became an expert. They became expert. Because really, our situation has not changed. For the people who have gotten out of poverty and and make a a decent income or a very good, they did it themselves. They did it themselves. There are no programs that are for low-income people educationally, economically, or socially. And the program they do have socially is only a Band-Aid, a temporary solution instead of developing a, a permanent solution so you will not return to that level again. So I say to you, what type of people do we do we send and elect to office? Oh, why do they continue to take our vote for granted? Because if you look at election day, we are participating in the process, whether it's handing out ballots, going to the polls, uh, uh, registering. We do participate in the democratic process. We've come to voting. But however, do we benefit from that process? Do we benefit from uh, uh, electing 
certain officials to office. And I don't care who you like. I'm talking about black elected officials. Yes, I'm calling black elected officials out. I'm calling them out. Yes, you have not did your job in the last 50 years. I mean, you get one or two in Congress that might fight on our behalf, but the majority on the local level, forget about it. It's all about the machine and the ticket and the money. Don't you know People get paid thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars to come in our community and trick us and vote for their candidate, vote for their ticket. They get paid thousands and thousands of dollars. Black folks get paid thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars to to encourage you to vote for their ticket. And sometimes they be backing the wrong man. Sometimes they backing the persons that gonna do us in. So we got to do our homework. We got to do our homework as the people or what kind of people we are sending to office. Are elections fair to us? Are elections geared towards us? I only heard one person in the presidential election talk about poverty, income equality. One person, Bernie Sanders, yes, he had talked about free free college education. He had talked about raising the income where a family of four can survive in this country. He's the only presidential that is speaking, but he just can't come out and say, oh, we got to do this for black folks and whatnot. Uh, I was watching a C-SPAN program uh, uh, a couple weeks ago with Travis Smiley, Eric Dyson, Louis Farrakhan, Cornel West, and some other gentlemen. And I spoke about this a couple weeks ago, and I started to allude to it before uh, a guest came on. Should we have a black agenda? When these people come to our neighborhoods, should we have our agenda prepared to present to them? We used to have a black, matter of fact, we used to have, uh, back in the early 70s, Lake City, we used to have Black, that's how the Black Caucus was developed and started from these conventions, Black conventions. And you know what's going on in those Black conventions? They were talking about our issues. That's being part of the political process. And it even used to be televised, too. Even before CNN, C-SPAN, cable, it used to be televised. I guess they always want to know what is going on in, in, in our neighborhoods. If you want to join in on the discussion, you could call 347-989-0180, and you can speak with me, but you got to press 1. And you just, if you're listening, uh, if you're listening. Um, 
are these election fair to us? That's a question that we really have to start asking. Are these people have our agenda at hand? Do these black uh, 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 local officials have our agenda at hand? And again, when you talk about the local state level, uh, there are there are hundreds, if not thousands, of African Americans participating in this process called democracy. But with, with that said, we really don't participate in the process totally. We really don't. I mean, the first time I ever saw black folks really participate in the process when Obama ran the first time. And I be I believe wholeheartedly the man in. But what did he do for us? What did he do? He was so busy reaching across the aisle and focusing on the middle class. And you got you got uh, remember some of these terms are cold words. Some of these terms are cold words. Well, what are cold words? Well, it's terms that describe us and others. So, the middle class, white folks and professionals. We talk about poverty and low income, black folks and the poor. And, you know, I want to say this. Black folks are not the only culture that experiences poverty. I mean, we make up the uh, the highest uh, percentage, but we're not the only one that's experiencing uh, poverty. We have white folks that experience poverty. You have Asians that experience poverty. You have Latinos experiencing poverty. And then, so therefore, we're not the only ones that experience poverty. You know, there's other cultures, but I am concerned with black folks in America First and foremost, and then when we are able to come out of as a community, then we can help other folks like we did in the past come out of their, and help assist them to come out of their issues. Like historically, we have done it ever since we came to these shores, helping other cultures to knock down barriers. As citizens of this country, oh, let me first ask you this. Do other cultures consider our culture as citizens? You know, at one time we weren't. By the majority, well, by the majority, do they consider us as citizens, where they are making public policy and developing laws that is to protect and to serve the citizen of this country, 
Do they have us in mind? Do they have us in mind? Ask yourself that. Ask yourself that question. Do they have us in mind? Like I said a few minutes ago, do they have their benefits at mind? In mind, our, our benefits in mind. On a lot of law enforcement on or uh, 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 automobiles or police cars, it said to protect and serve. To protect and serve whom, brother sister? Do you feel that this country is protecting and serving us? Do you feel that 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 we get the equal? rights as a citizen of this country. In fact, like I said a minute ago, do they think do they feel that we are citizens? Do you think they do you think that we should be benefiting from the laws and the resources that this country has to offer even though we build it? Even though we built those resources, even though we helped develop these laws, so those are questions you gotta look at yourself as an individual as well as a community. Next time, some of y'all have your block meetings and your community development meetings. Why don't you keep that in mind? Uh, before I go on, I just uh, like to say. Uh, welcome to our newest host. Uh, uh, he come on Saturday at 8 o'clock. His name is Carl Steve, uh, 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 a provocative thought. Then we have on uh, Thursday mornings at 1130, uh, 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 Daryl Freeman and his wife or Superior Power in Black America, which is economic. Well, it's not totally economics. They be touching on a lot of social issues, and they'll try to integrate the social with the economics. And then on Friday nights and Sunday nights, we have uh, Miss Queen Mother, uh, E.I. Fowler, who's uh, who is the founder of Queen Mother for Real Media, and she have uh, the, the Queen's Roundtable on Sunday night and the House of Worship on Friday night. So. And in another month and a half, we will have two more hosts joining us. And then every day, Queen Mother for Real Media will have a show. Every will be sponsoring and producing a show every day. But I'd just like to take a shout-out to uh, uh, Miss Shiloh Curtis, who makes some good uh, 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 red velvet uh, cupcakes. And also, uh, there are cakes that are going to be on discount at her shop for Valentine's Day. So um, let me continue this. Oh, I just like to give a special shout out to uh, uh, Langston Smith. Uh, Langston, if you have time, why don't you give the show a call? Three four seven nine eight nine zero one eight zero, and you can press one uh, and to be on the show to make any comments. Uh, let me pick up where I left off as. Do America consider African Americans on the community level? I'm not talking about the one percent. 
that make billions and billions. Hey, you know what? I don't know. I'm going to include them too. Just because they got money doesn't mean they don't. Their, their, their prejudice and stereotype of racism is, uh, uh, is different than ours. I was in your face. This was, uh, but then it's subliminal. There is like, as long as you're producing, you are all right. Right? You're going to get your piece of the pie. But once you cannot produce, see you later. Live off of what uh, you was able to make from us. But they still have special, I think I should say special, they still have stereotypes. Especially about African American men, uh, our African American women are more accepted uh, in, in the different worlds than African American men. Let me give you a sample. One day, Stephen A. Smith uh, uh, from uh, ESPN. Uh, this was uh, during when they had, uh, I think, it was Bob Martin, or uh, it was one of the killings. I think it was about the brother uh, in New York got killed for a cigarette? You know, I realize a black male life is not even worth a cigarette? Are you kidding me? You gonna kill a man for selling a Lucy? A 50 cent Lucy. That's what I'm talking about. How do Americans feel about us? Well, let me continue with the story what Stephen A. was saying. He said one day he was going to work. Uh, matter of fact, he had two run-ins. The first one, he was stepping on this elevator, and there was some white ladies on there. And he noticed as soon as he said, he said his suits cost like three, four, five thousand dollars Yeah, He had all his suits are ta- tailor-made. Yeah. So he stepped on to the you know, in his tailor-made suit, in his briefcase, going to work. And these white ladies looked at him as dark clenching their pocketbooks, literally. And he kind of saw in his peripheral vision what they were doing, and, and, and they looked kind of scared of him. Well, if you watch First Take, you know Stephen A. Smith ain't nothing to be scared of. You know, I mean, like, he's a professional. He's a professional announcer. Uh, uh, He's not going to say anything or do anything to bring charges on him. Because all it takes is one time, one slip of the tongue. We'll lose everything. Everything. (laughs) Ask O.J. Simpson. So, um, and Michael Vick. His life wasn't even worth a dog. His dog life was worth more than his product. I mean, he made a strong comeback when he came back out of prison. But look what he had to go through. I mean, let me tell you another story. I was living in Philadelphia about eight years. You know, I can remember a lot of this stuff because these things surprised me. This cat the insurance scam. Millions of dollars. 
earned millions of dollars. This was in the in uh, Montgomery County in Pennsylvania. The insurance scam. This was back like in the early two thousand, maybe nineteen ninety nine, two thousand. I forgot his name. The insurance scam, and he scammed people out of millions and millions of dollars. He went to prison, federal prison, for eighteen months. And when he came out, he had gotten a better job, making more money than he did before he went in. And guess what? Doing the same thing. But this time legit. But doing the same thing. He had gotten a second, third opportunity. If an African-American man, uh, this was a white gentleman that I was speaking about in that story. If an African-American man did something like that, when he get a second or third opportunity to 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 make his name better, that's a good sample of two Americas. That's a sample. It's, it appears there are different standards, different terms, and different laws for some folks than for black folks in America. Is that democracy? Is that experience of democracy? Is that really? Is that really fair rights? Is that protecting your citizens? Is that equality for all citizens under the law? But it's all is laws for certain citizens in the United States of America. I'm asking you the question. I'm asking you the question. Do we have protection? as human beings in this country? Do we have protection from, I don't know, from police? Let me ask you this. Well, where a siren goes off, when you're driving your car, a siren goes off behind you, and you pull over, what is your first thought? How do you feel? Are you, do you feel that you're being protected under the laws of the United States? Or do you feel like, oh, boy, here come another case of uh, uh, profiling? How do you feel? Are we protected in this country as human beings in the democracy? Uh, oh, the whole thing, the whole uh, 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 American philosophy is is a Judeo-Christian democratic society. Well, I thought Christians preach love. I thought the Christian faith was all about love thy brother. Treat them as an equal. If this suppose if this is a Judeo Christian democratic society, 
America since we're going to the Super Bowl two we watched the Super Bowl two weeks. America has fumbled several times. America had do some uh I wish they had throw some interceptions, but America had fumbled. America had do some interception. America is not my my evaluation of America implementing democracy and equality for all people, for all human beings, is an F. Since I had, since I taught college for fifteen years and I'm used to I used the letter system, well let me use the letter system on America. It's an F. I mean there are segments in American history where America has tried I could count the number on one hand where America has tried to implement democracy for all people. I give I give uh America a failing grade. Now, I'm going to end this discussion by discussing the laws. That was the last last definition of democracy. A rule of law in which all laws and procedures apply equally the opposite word is equally. Do the laws protect the average citizen? Or do they protect the 1%? Now, some would argue that the laws are here to protect certain folks in society. Well, who are the folks they protect? And who are the folks or the folks that the laws are against or to observe to make sure they don't break for the 1%. I don't know. I'm trying to maintain my objectivity here. Oh, no, I didn't. I just gave uh, America the greater F when it comes to uh, Judeo-Christian democratic society. Well, my objectivity is out the window. Do we, do the laws protect the powerful to make sure their interests and resources are not tampered with by other citizens? Do laws protect certain groups and not others? If they do, where's the equality? Let's look at it. There's a police officer in New York on trial for shooting a kid, unarmed kid, in a dark stairwell. And all he was concerned about was his uh, was his career and his job. The first thing he said, oh, I'm going to be fired. Well, you ought to be shooting in a dark stairwell. And I mean, like, okay, let's get back to the law. How many police officers in the last three years has been in prison for killing a black man? Let's 
Is that the mark? Oh, is that the Judeo Christian Democratic Society that we're supposed to be fighting for? Honoring, saluting. Hey, you know what pissed me off? Or I should say, you want to know what gets me angry? Well, I turn on the TV. Matter of fact, I ain't said to myself, uh, 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 why turn on the game? I'm not even going to watch the Star Spangled Banner. And look at the sidelines. See all these black men with their hands over their hearts and their head bows praising America. Uh, I guess the Okay, they're millionaires. They should be praising because they're part of that one percent now, and 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 they're not a part of the community level development that we're trying to do here. Should we be saluting the flag? Is America great for the black man? I know the black man's great for America. What he wants us to be. So, I'm going to wrap it up. And I will come to you in March with another, uh, to continue my lecture series series on Two Americas. I'm not finished discussing the Two Americas. There's a whole lot of issues when we talk about the two different Americas. And I asked you, like, about 50 questions, the differences between one type of America and the other type of America. Last week, we talked about the resources that are different between the two Americas, the material resources that are different to Americas. This week, you talk about the democratic process, the Judeo-Christian democratic process for the two Americas. So, I'm just going to end now. And next week, uh, uh, I have a guest... Um, Come, uh, uh, and I, I have a guest next week. My guest will be, uh, uh, oh, oh, uh, we we finally have a black Republican coming on my show. Hey, he's a Muslim on the Louis Farrakhan. <laughs> oh, well, I am because we are, and we are because I am. See ya.